0: This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities, and organisations that we mention.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon.
0: And I'm Jess
1: and today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. It's Mother's Day in the UK. I know it's not Mother's Day all over the world. I don't actually get why that is, like why we have a completely different Mother's Day to everyone. But anyway, it's Mother's Day here, so happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, Jess.
0: <laughs> oh, I thank you so much. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, we're pre-recording this, and we've recorded a couple of extra um parts to this episode, which will come in a bit later with our guests Chloe and Meg. But I wanted to just have a moment talking about motherhood with Jess. And I wanted to use it as an opportunity for her to talk about her birth story because I feel like we've touched on it in parts of our episodes, especially the one with Joe, but I think that was more from his perspective. So I thought, let's find out about ask away <laughs> so take, us back to, take us back to that week, right the day before
0: uh was the 29th of September of 2019 and earlier in the day I was at my parents house and I'd had some i so like a lasagna I had quite a big portion I don't know I was just really hungry then I went I was staying at Joe's parents house at the time because we just we wanted to live together and yeah. experience everything together and um uh, I went Back to Joe's parents and had a dinner there as well. So I don't know if it's like my body was kind of like enough, something has needed all the energy, <laughs> just yeah, carving up. And then that evening, we were all getting ready for bed, and it must have been around like half 10 or something. I was in the bathroom and I was just going to brush my teeth, and then I was like, There was like a kind of gush, and my waters broke, and I was like, Joe. And then he was kind of like, oh, my God. And then he started calling for his dad. <laughs> I was just kind of like, you can't just keep passing on the responsibility to someone else. Like, <laughs> um, So he the kind of what we were told in the classes was that um, he should call the triage at the hospital to tell them. What's going on? I think I ended up speaking to them because I was like, "Well, I know what's going on." I didn't feel like I was really having contractions at that point. I
1: don't know if this is TMI, but like, were you wearing pants when your waters broke, or were you like,
0: yeah? So everything got soaked. And contrary to like what you might see in kind of TV shows, it's never ending. Like it's it's not just like one gush and that's it. It's like it was going on for hours. This gushing, so I had to like put on like a pad and like change my clothes um mm. and basically my waters were actually green oh right yeah, the yeah. reason for this and it apparently is quite common with a baby who is overdue was that Mila pooed inside me so they want you usually I, if, if you've um if you're not really starting contractions or you've got them very far apart they tell you to stay at home until they're closer together but they said because of Um, a chance of infection we need you to come in Uh, so we went to Joe's both Joe's parents (laughs) and Joe um, came to the hospital we were in Kingston Hospital which they were absolutely amazing as soon as we got there there were like loads of other pregnant people and Joe found this so like estranged every time we went to like a appointment at the hospital there was just this room or this like part of the building that was just filled with like waddling pregnant people everywhere it's kind of strange though when you think about it like yeah like you wouldn't ever see so many pregnant people never, in one place together, never really. the
1: only time I've ever experienced that was when I did a yoga class and then the class after mine was the, is it pre prenat- prenatal is that when it's called prenatal yeah yeah and suddenly all these women and their bellies came wobbling in and I was uh, what not wobbling waddling in. <laughs> Rolling and I was just in. like whoa wait 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 hang on <laughs> and it just yeah started, I didn't know it, not that it was scary as such but it was just a bit like <laughs> there's
0: a lot of life in here right now. yeah oh my gosh that is actually quite weird to think about but yeah we got there and the the hospital staff were amazing um I got my own room uh for I was in there for like yeah for the, until I gave birth and then even for a bit after that I would I can't honestly a lot of it is a bit of a blur but I'm I would say I was in there for two days I had a, I had a room to myself
1: um I didn't realize that because when I came to visit you you weren't in a room by yourself you were with the other mothers and babies no that's
0: just because we were on we were we had to stay there for a few more days because right. we, both Mila and I were on antibiotics in the end and that was all due to the fact that she'd pooed inside me right um but yeah but the labor was quite long Maybe it felt longer because I was in hospital the whole time.
1: Maybe. Well, what was I mean, it you like- mentioned it felt long
0: to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's just because I didn't have any knowledge of what was happening. We didn't, and because we hadn't heard from you, we were like, it must be happening. But like, is it happening literally right now, or has it happened, and we'll find out later? It was sort of.
0: Did I not message like our group chat or something? To no, say no, no, no. We,
1: we, well, we told you you didn't need to message us. We said to Joe to tell his mum and his mum would message us and so but in the end I think both Joe and his mum and maybe your mum as well all messaged me and I was just like (laughs) (laughs) but what about when so even going back to when you arrived at the hospital in your brain I know obviously it was a long time ago and like you said it was a bit of a hazy sort of memory considering how much everything was going on with you but this sounds like a weird question but was there at any point you were like I'm about to have a baby, I'm at the hospital sort of thing. Like, I know that sounds like a um, weird way to say it, but as in, or were you just like, get me to the next thing, get me to the next thing? Like, you weren't thinking about the fact that this was the pivotal moment in life that you were about to give birth. Yeah, I just don't, I
0: don't think I was really that with it. I think I was just going <laughs> along, I think I was just going along with every process and I, it felt like, I think I was a bit worried at first because of the green kind of waters and I was kind of worried because they like strapped me up to listen to the baby's heartbeat and just to make sure that everything was okay but then as soon as they were like yeah everything's fine and moved me into a room like that Joe's got pictures of me on his phone like me just having a cup of tea and just like laying in the bed and just like we're you know we're doing this I just feel like throughout my whole pregnancy I was so ignorance is bliss like I didn't I wasn't someone who wanted to read up on every single thing because I just felt like it would freak me out and I just kind of wanted to go along with it and again like when it came to getting a birth plan and all of that sort of thing I was just like I'll probably come up with some sort of ideal water birth thing in my head and then it won't happen so I don't want to do that yeah I think I just went along with every stage but then it but then when when the pain started kicking in I think that's when
1: I was about to ask what was that real
0: like?
1: yeah I was gonna say did that happen quite quickly after your water's um broke no. a while no
0: it was sort of halfway through the next day so that was so I went into hospital I was there about 11 half half 11 and then it wasn't till late morning afternoon the next day that I started to get pain that was so much that i felt like i needed to ask for the painkillers like pain mm. relief mm. like they gave me gas and air quite early on but i was like i don't feel like it's doing much for me <laughs> so i didn't really like i had a bit of fun with it and i was like oh joe this is quite it feels quite fun and he was a bit scared that he'd take it and then like one of the midwives would walk in and be like what are you doing and get told off but um, <laughs> he gave it a go as well but then yeah i got an epidural and I was, I felt frustrated at myself because I think I had this expectation that I had like a really high pain threshold and that I would be able to last quite a while until I would have painkillers. Cause I don't consider myself, I don't, I'm not someone who takes medication very often.
1: No.
0: Um, and I didn't take medication like throughout my whole pregnancy. I really want, I didn't want to put anything in my body that I didn't feel needed to be there, but I was only four centimeters dilated I think at the point where I had an epidural and
1: that You're like at that but, point fuck this
0: <laughs> honestly but bear in mind that I'd been in labor for such a long time yeah. and my body it felt I felt frustrated at my body because it wasn't progressing as I as I felt it should I was like why is it hurting this much <laughs> when I'm still only four centimeters dilated like it felt unfair like I was yeah. just kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been at four centimetres for so long. It'd been like that for hours. And they come every few hours to check how many centimetres you're at. And they kept coming back and being like, "Mm, you're still only four. And I was like, oh, my God, but why does it hurt so much? Uh, But once I had the epidural, I tell you, I I wouldn't change a thing because it was wonderful. My only thing was that I wanted to move. I wanted to be able to move around a bit more. But if you've had an epidural, that means the bottom half of your body is numb. So I had to stay in bed. Right you know part of my birth plan thing was po- they ask you what position you might positions you might want to be in and I was thinking maybe on all fours but I couldn't do that because my bottom half was numb so I wouldn't have been able to support myself if I right. was on how the numb
1: as in where does it stop like where does well where does the, it begin even the numbness like is your butt like asleep or is it like yeah so yeah yeah but so like it's kind of um I mean, I'm pointing on myself as if you can
0: see, but it's like I guess your lower stomach, like just above your
1: Oh right, okay.
0: Your kind of pelvis area. So yeah, it was a godsend, honestly. I absolutely I I couldn't recommend it more. (laughs) (laughs) Um it did start to wear off a bit when it came to the pushing though. I was aware that I was pushing, but I don't think the pain was anything near what it could have been if pressure pain or actual pain do you think? Yeah, like tearing a bit kind of like uh, burning, burning pain.
2: is <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that called like...
1: something? What's it called? Like the ring of fire or something?
0: Yeah. But I, I mean if it is then that <laughs> that was it. Makes complete sense. <laughs> 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 um no I think I think the pain could have been a lot worse had I not had the epidural. But I also think it gets to a point in your labour that if you're like close to pushing they can't give you like another dose to top up because they'll top oh, you up okay. yeah, um,
1: yeah I didn't realize you couldn't top up close I knew you could top up throughout but I didn't realize you couldn't top up like I think well I think
0: they say because some people if their labor's so quick they don't have time to. yeah right to. right right yeah but um the pushing part I think that only lasted about 35 minutes something like that considering the rest of the labor was so long that felt like a very very quick amount of time but I remember the room being full of a lot of um, medical professionals and I was a bit like why are there so many people in here and kind of being like oh my god like is everything all right because why are there so many people but kind of just legs spread open like okay we're doing this and all these people are seeing (laughs) my bum hole right now. (laughs) I was
1: about to Um, say is that um I wouldn't say that you or I are very like body shy like if we if we need things looked at we're not shy to be like can you look at this and tell me what you think this is sort of thing but is it quite but that's quite different on a one-on-one sort of situation was it quite strange to you having someone constantly checking you down there like to see how much you're dilated and then and then having a whole team of people like around with your legs spread for them yeah it felt weird you know like
0: uh, when I said I was sort of pushing and they're all sort of like looking around, looking down there and then just, you know, everyone putting their two pence in and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is my body. This is so weird. Um, but yeah, I remember what, like someone saying, oh, I think we might have to use some forceps.
1: <laughs> and you are like, nope.
0: And I was like, absolutely not. Did a huge push. Also, what I haven't mentioned as well is during the pushing, I honestly felt like for a minute I either blacked out honestly thought I might have like died for a split second like I don't know how to explain this feeling it was like I was totally totally out of the world I wasn't even in the room it it was such a strange I don't know if this is what women refer to as like being in the zone when they're in that pushing stage but I was just like I had my eyes closed they had these um I don't know why but they sort of tied these pieces of material to the sides of the bed so I could pull them okay and then push at the same time okay. which I think really helped and I have my feet yeah. up on stirrups
1: is that weird because you've got a massive belly in between your legs and your like your whole episode. it's like you're trying <laughs> to get close to it sort of thing to get it yeah, and I've got
0: room to move yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um
0: no it, it did really help actually
1: but yeah the the
0: feeling of pushing and that sort of determination and finding that strength where you don't think you've got any more but you kind of have to because you're already too (laughs) you're too far in it (laughs) Mm. um is just absolutely crazy um but one other thing I wanted to talk about as well was like this this feeling that people talk about when they first meet their baby and this kind of overwhelming sense of love and joy and happiness all all happening I can't say that I had that crazy overwhelming feeling and I don't know if it's because I was you know on these sort of painkillers and just the fact that I just pushed out a baby and it was just felt very strange strange. the whole situation like it was a lot a lot of emotions are going on but I can't say I was like oh my god like my heart is bursting I don't want that to sound really bad because it's not it's it's not me saying I, I don't love my no, baby I, love I, more I, than anything.
1: I don't think it sounds bad at all because honestly I'm sort of I see both sides when women are, are like oh I just completely forgot everything in that moment I just felt so much love I'm like yeah okay cool that's great but I'm also like really though like <laughs> you you literally have just had your body like torn apart and it's been housing life for the past nine months mm. you don't feel some kind of like oh I just need to take a minute sort of thing for myself like I I think it makes a lot of sense for some women to not feel that immediate feeling straight away yeah I don't I don't think either's wrong
0: yeah I think everyone's experience is really different but I just felt like in in mine it was very much like I don't know we don't know each other we are related you were inside me (laughs) I made you I love how you said
1: that to me the other day and it was like you were like I've just met you (laughs) (laughs) like
0: can we slow this down (laughs) no but it was just yeah it was like we are kind of strangers to each other and we're gonna get we're gonna learn about each other and we're gonna grow together and that's how I felt even though she's a part of me yeah it still felt like I was meeting her for the first time and it was quite overwhelming in that sense yeah um
1: I think that must be very overwhelming like considering Mm -hmm it's some you spend nine months growing this life inside you and all you have is movements now and then and you're going based off of that and then anything else is just possibilities in your head it's nothing is concrete and then suddenly they're here and it's like okay what version have we got that I've thought of potentially in my head and sort of going from there
0: yeah like when she was coming out and they said she's got dark hair and in my head, I, I think that threw me because I was I was thinking, right, girl, mini version of me <laughs> rather Not than mini version of Joe. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah. it threw me a bit the fact that she didn't have red hair like me, or yeah. I don't know, but it was a very strange time. And then Joe and I, if you listen to Joe's episode from season one, it didn't click with us that we weren't gonna get like this on hand help all the time so like (laughs) when we were left with Mila in the hospital room for the first time we were both like oh my god oh my god what do we do like this is our baby this is so strange Mm. Um, and it was really scary but I think my experience of that love and that um, overwhelming feeling then grew over the next few days and the more I kind of was staring at her while she was like lying in the sort of little cot in the hospital and when I was feeding her and all these things just that's when the the bond kind of grew and I was like oh my gosh like okay she is mine yeah but there are still moments now where I'm still like pinch me I'm I'm a mum like this is weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is I- weird because I I'm that's really strange to me because surely I'd be used to it after two and a half years and the fact that yes I work but a lot of my time is filled up with looking after Mila so why am I not used to that yet (laughs) it's such a weird
1: I think well I think it's also that people have to remind themselves or mothers have to remind themselves that yes they're a mother but they are their own person too and I think that probably Mm. is maybe the conflicting feeling that a lot of mothers feel or or Mm. that realization oh shit I am a mum sort of thing because you might have a moment where you're like oh I'm Jess I'm me and then Mm. you're like like It was about to fall over gotta go back into mum mode <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> you know things like yeah. that how did it feel because you're the first mum in the group mm. like in our group how did that feel for you like being the one with the flag to go first
0: scary yeah really really scary um because I don't really have many mum friends I have a couple or I've got you know I've got a few now but it was really daunting I didn't really have someone to compare notes with yeah and I felt like I was learning everything on my own and also this is something that is also not an amazing thing to uh, I don't know I'm worried about judgment of this but I was worried about the judgment of being pregnant at the age that I was because no one around me was right so I worried that sharing my pregnancy news or whatever I didn't want someone to look at me and be like well she was really careless and she this was obviously a mistake judgment from who do you mean like as in your friends from, or like, just anyone no, not, not necessarily friends but like I know I shouldn't care what anyone else thinks but really? I mean oh, from anyone feel. family actually there was one right um from like the older generations yeah but also just people from afar who might see it like something that I've posted on social media, people who I went to school with years ago, for example. I didn't. I don't know why. I wish that I enjoyed my pregnancy a lot more than I did. I wish I took more pictures. I wish I just soaked it all up and, you know, wanted to show it off more than I did.
1: Yeah, I feel like you, you kind of censored yourself out of fear. In some ways. Yeah. But but also to clarify, your your immediate family were like over the moon. Yeah. Like your parents. And I was. Were, I yeah.
0: I was scared because of a lot of factors in terms of where I was gonna live. Um I, I wasn't living with Joe um financially. There were yeah. all those kind of practicalities going through my head. You had the biggest life changes I, all in like yeah, the space of your pregnancy. All the life changes that come with it. But I also re- knew I wanted a child. And I, I remember telling you and Gracie, I think it was the pizza and Prosecco night that we went out. And I remember saying to you, like, Joe and I are going to have a baby together. Like, it's going to happen. Like, I want that to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen at some point. And I think both of you were kind of like, okay.
1: like whoa now
0: this is the prosecco
1: talking (laughs) I don't think it was that I was more thinking oh shit okay maybe wait six months (laughs) like I think I I was more because I was thinking mostly for the reasons that you were worried about to start with as in like where were you going to live financially stuff I was just thinking, just give it six months and then like put it on because I remember there was one point where you were saying it to me like I'm brooding I was like let's Hang on, like, like, come on, like, wait, wait. Like, I'm not ready yet to be an aunt. Like, hang on. <laughs> and then I remember I'd gone to California in the January of 2019. And I had this feeling that you were pregnant or that you were about to be pregnant. And I remember I came back, and then literally a couple of days later, you were like, I think I'm pregnant. And we went for a walk. And I was like, I think you need to take a test. And then it was like the next day and you sent me the photo that you are pregnant. I was just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I remember like Joe was so excited. He was
0: so emotional. And I was there like. Well,
1: because Joe was oh, the one who <laughs> I kind of almost suggested you guys having babies before, wasn't it? Like as in quite early into the relationship. Who did, sorry? Joe. Because I remember you saying to we, me, he yeah. wants, like a baby. I was just like, cool, let's wait. <laughs> like, And then you were like, actually, yeah, I'm like, what am I thinking sort of thing? And then it must have been again at the pizza and prosecco, and I was like, "This is going to be happening soon." But like, let's just yeah. breathe. But here we
0: are. It did happen, and I, I can't explain it. It was like this overwhelming feeling. Joe and I hadn't been together very long when I got pregnant. Well,
1: you, you had, yeah, Like, yeah, it? like it wasn't like you just met or something. Like you had been together. A year No, before. but but
0: it was just like strange how before I was with other relationships, I'd very much. I don't know, almost um, validate the relationship based on the length of time we've been together. Oh, I
1: see, I see, okay.
0: Whereas with Joe, it was slightly different, or very different. <laughs> it was, I had a feeling from very early on that I just wanted wanted to have a child with him and I wanted to be with him. Like it was a really
1: Your relationship weird... with Joe started off differently to all of your past relationships too, actually, when I think about it. I always remember when you talk about one of the first times you went on a date with him and you were both so open and honest about personal things yeah. in your life which you hadn't done before with other people not yeah. I, I suppose those certain things that you were being personal about hadn't necessarily happened with your other relationships but yeah. at this point you were just being very open with him and he was back with you and I think that immediately set the tone For you Mm. both like at least from the outside the way that you explain it I was like that's interesting like that you're both being this open and honest Mm. straight away which is lovely and I think it's continued that way hasn't it
0: yeah there's so much that I can say about motherhood and how it's affected my relationship and everything my entire life but (laughs) this episode is not all about me it's about other mums and we have a couple of guests
1: so let's
0: get to it and speak to our first guest
1: we are now joined with a registered midwife, Megan Johnson. Welcome to our circle. Hello. Hi. So excited to have you. Um, Let's just jump straight into it. What first got you interested in midwifery? Is it something that you've always wanted to do?
3: When I was really young, I wanted to be a vet, actually. So oh, it was really? A similar but different, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I to do with um, human bodies and everything interesting like that. Um, And then I kind of wanted to go more like us I guess always been fascinated by pregnancy it's just a miracle in itself my auntie became a midwife when I was probably early teens that probably sparked something in me to kind of think about it a little bit more she always like went on about stories and stuff and it was just so amazing to hear and then yeah I just kind of probably thought about it more went off the vet went more onto the midwifery um looked at unis and then kind of committed to it really
0: is so, it quite hard to get into? I think it's
3: easier now that you have to pay because there's less interest. When right. I went for it, it was, it was funded by the NHS.
2: Wow, um, amazing. So a
3: free uni degree and you got a little bit of a bursary on top of that.
2: Oh wow.
3: Which helped with like rent and, and everything. Right. Um, that was essential for people doing it as like a secondary degree as well as in like they had kids and a family and they then had to take obviously three years out of their life to do a yeah. degree with not any proper income coming in. Mm. So now there's so many less people like that doing it because they can't afford to pay for a uni degree on top of actually having to run a family.
1: Wow. So
3: it's actually a lot more younger people than older people when it used
1: to be quite 50-50. Oh, okay. Mm. Is it quite a difficult career to achieve in itself? Meaning not not just the degree part, but actually within the degree, like what you're learning. Is it I'm assuming it's difficult because it's the human body, isn't it? And everybody's different. Yeah, Is it so a difficult it, thing to
3: do? It's a lot of biology, right? Um, physiology and biology, but it's also a lot of um looking into mental health, looking into safeguarding. Yeah I would say equally kind of mathematical brain and mental health side of things as physical.
1: Right okay.
3: Almost sometimes more because the actual only physical part is the actual delivery of the baby which is such a tiny part of the whole
1: experience. Mm, That's mad. Yeah Yeah, so. So do you have to work with like quite
0: a few other professionals if you're looking at mental health side of things and yeah. yeah.
3: So obviously there's the doctors that are if there's any kind of clinical health risks um in mm. pregnancies and deliveries and things. Um, but we now have specialist mental health midwives who That's were um, kind of yeah they're completely they're dedicated their time and their whole job is solely around supporting women that need additional help with their mental health along with their normal pregnancy stuff. Mm. I think that's quite standard in most
1: trusts across the UK now. That's oh, so good. That's so needed, isn't it? well I mean, what would you say the hardest part of being a midwife is? Because I feel like there's probably a lot of things, and especially versus the, the better things about being a midwife. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the,
3: yeah. what are the differences? Probably, obviously, the highs overweigh the, the bad parts, but the hardest parts is probably the long hours and switching from days to nights quite frequently. The workload. Since I've been back from maternity leave, seems to have like trebled from before. Oh wow! I a lot of sickness, a lot of people struggling with their mental health through COVID. So they've gone off for that. It seems like there's ten times more pregnant women coming through the door. <laughs> I don't know if that's related to <laughs> it's all that time at home. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I think it's a mixture of less staff and more women. Oh wow! And it just seems crazy. It just seems crazy at the moment. Also, probably switching your personality from person to person right you might talk okay. to someone next door completely different to what you talk to a different patient so it's right. kind of gauging that communication I guess quickly yeah so that, you can build that relationship
1: quickly that sounds exhausting like thinking right I've got to be really calm and caring <laughs> with this person be like right military come on you could do this yeah. with the next some door. people
3: you can have a joke with but other people think mm, this is not the time to joke
2: <laughs>
1: right,
2: okay,
3: okay. You just have to gauge, kind Read of. Read the okay. room. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Another hard thing about being a midwife is a lot of expectations um, of what we do is delivering babies, and it is the best part of people's lives. It's like the biggest journey that people go on mostly. Um, but it's also a lot of sad stories we deliver late miscarriages stillbirths of term babies all the time and it's not discussed enough really it's so common there's usually a designated special room on labour ward of every hospital that is specifically for that
1: wow two
3: three times a week it's I didn't know it was that in it wow mm-hmm. I had
1: no idea it was that common like as in s- stillborns
3: Yeah it's a bit of a grey area on where you cut it off as kind of a late miscarriage to a stillbirth but anything kind of 16 weeks and above we we see on labour ward usually and that involves obviously delivering the baby, caring for the mum, providing as much emotional support as you possibly can in probably the worst day of their life, Um, creating memories with them so doing handprints and footprints and photos of the baby and
1: Oh, wow. creating those special
3: mm. memories that they would never have been able to have kind of long term so it's creating as much as possible to last them a lifetime basically
1: yeah that's and so special are. that you do that that's amazing that you do those
3: things but yeah it's it's difficult and you do just go and have a little cry sometimes
1: wait yeah either. I was I was gonna say it must be hard to not uh, completely attach like to detach yourself sorry from because you're human and you're a mother and you're around this sort of thing I feel like you can't be desensitized to this
3: yeah it's the same as what I said earlier about like reading the room some people would be kind of almost reassured that you're a little bit emotional about it because it shows that you you care Yeah. yeah some people would be like oh like this is not your sadness this is my sadness right right so yeah it's it's difficult to read that so I try and say quite professional but sometimes it is prof- it, it's impossible yeah yeah depending on the situation um but yeah you always go and have a little cry but that's what your colleagues are for as well because they we all do it it's just yeah. you get allocated a room at the beginning of a shift and you might have one like that or you might have a completely normal delivery it's just part of the job
1: oh you're superheroes mm,
0: not including piper <laughs> um do you know how many pay uh, how many babies you've delivered
3: yeah I'm really sad I still write every single one down I love that <laughs> like, I want to know wondering.
1: we wanted to know if this is something like that most midwives do if they keep track or if they don't I think it like, probably gets
3: to a certain point where you don't but I still feel like I'm fresh so I've delivered 197 oh my oh gosh Meg, that's, that's amazing. Including that's not including like the ladies that end up having a cesarean or a forceps or a, any kind of assisted delivery. That is purely a normal delivery. They have pushed out, and I have guided that process.
1: Oh wow! Do you yeah. keep do you keep tally with the additional as well? Like as in including the forceps? I don't delivery. because so, yeah. I think I would lose count because there's right there's so many. <laughs> I was going to say, do you, is it more of assisted delivery than um? Not
3: if you put assisted and cesareans together. That would probably be a lot more than the oh, completely straightforward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are there any myths or like things that you could maybe debunk? Like Jess and I were talking about it, and she was saying one of the ones that she always thought was about uh, when waters break. Like you think it's going oh. like the movies, like they just gush yeah. everything. Con- con- can-
2: yeah.
3: Waters break, contractions happen, baby comes. That is a complete myth.
1: <laughs> um, okay can you give yeah. our listeners a little bit more of an insight to how it might actually go so, down
3: some people's waters break two days before they have the baby mm. there comes to a certain point where we would induce the labor because you don't want that barrier to be broken for too long right of risk of infection and stuff sometimes the baby comes out in the sack of waters yeah sometimes it never breaks so yeah it can happen at any point and nice. it has no relation to when the baby is coming
1: are there uh, any other ones
3: the, the speed that it looks like on tv mm Get a lot of partners saying, So, like, what time will it, <laughs> will it arrive? Like, Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> could be today, could be three days. Like, you just don't know. Birth plans, I think, are quite a tricky one because everyone loves a birth plan, but <laughs> they never really go to plan. The idea of a birth plan being like essential, you have to write everything down that you want. I think, have a birth, like, have birth knowledge. But just be
0: very open minded, right? Yeah, my midwife said, like, let's not call it a plan. I can't remember what it was she called it. She was just kind of like, Like in an ideal world, if everything went how you would like, how what position would you like to be in? And I was like, you know, I'd like to be on my hands and knees, but (laughs) realistically, I was what's it called? Epidural. That's it. I had epidural, (laughs) so I couldn't be on my hands and knees. Um. So yeah, no, I don't think they. I've heard a lot of stories where they just don't. I think it's
3: a good idea to have breath references and just know your options yeah things that can happen but you might want something completely different when it happens like for example yourself you didn't want an epidural but then it is hard and you don't know that how hard it's going to be until you're in it
0: I to be honest I was very open-minded with like any medication because I was like I'm not going to be one of those like my mum said with my sister especially she was like I want to do it all natural and then after she did it she was like why why yeah. did I say no to yeah, the same adult. in my head I was like do you know what I don't think doctors and midwives would offer these things to me if it was going to be something that would be really detrimental to my health and my yeah. baby's health
1: right so I
0: was like whatever helps yeah to get this oh actually th-
1: this is a question I wanted to ask it sort of i don't know if it's a myth or what but i feel like a lot of people don't actually get what midwives are in the mm-hmm. sense of you know you have doctors you have nurses and you have midwives yeah. can you maybe explain just to people what a midwife is people
3: think midwives just catch babies all day long right and that is not what i do so like for example last night i was in the triage so i saw probably about 30 people and one of them might of bled halfway through the pregnancy one of them might be contracting one of them might have reduced movements from the baby so like there's so many things that we do and we literally see you from eight weeks pregnant until you're about two weeks postnatal so the delivery is a very very small part of that Mm. but we look after you all the way through checking on the baby checking on your blood pressure if anything arises, we then refer you on to other people. If you need like specialist help or the doctor's input, you could look after someone in labor for an entire 12 hour shift and then not deliver the baby. Mm. But you've been like one to one care with that person, monitoring everything. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot more than people think. Mm, like, definitely. this midwives are different parts. I personally work in the hospital. So, I don't do the checkups pre delivery. Mm. I look after most people like in labor. And mm. immediately before and after, whereas you get your community midwives that work in the GP that just do the antenatal checkups. Right. So, yeah, there's different roles, but that is good because people specialize in their different roles.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah,
3: that makes a so lot does of Does that
0: happen after you train as a midwife? Do you then specialize? Yeah. So, if you want to you, become a community yeah, midwife, for you example, they
3: decide, yeah. They encourage you in your first year to do a bit of everything. So, right. that you kind of solidify your kind of experience in each place and then kind of pick the best place that suits you, I
1: guess. Do you remember um, your first experience being in a labour room? On my own well any of it like see because i i think well yeah the only experience i've ever seen is on tv or yeah. you know, like uh one born every minute things like that yeah. or even in school when you see someone give birth in science class whatever yeah. as in on tv not someone yeah. giving birth in class but <laughs> um, very um, cool. yeah <laughs> like what was that like i can't
3: even imagine i can remember the first birthday saw and i think i just froze but i was just like in <laughs> awe of what just happened yeah i right. think i had so many questions after it because i just couldn't believe what I just saw yeah so I don't think I'd ever like watched it that in depth on tv before I'd seen it in real life so I kind of had like a rough idea but when I actually saw it for the first time I was like this is incredible yeah like how did that just happen and then (laughs) you get all excited and you want to see it again and
0: again what was your own pregnancy and labour experience like
3: I was quite lucky. I had quite a straightforward pregnancy. There was nothing really extra that I needed to do. I could have been pregnant for years. I loved being pregnant.
2: Really? Um, I just loved Even up towards
0: the end?
3: Even towards the end, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I was overdue, and I did... It was in the lockdown by then, so I was like... Mm-hmm well she, she might as well come because I've got nothing else to do I'm in lockdown I'm not working
1: <laughs> you were ready for a new activity
3: <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah I loved being pregnant I loved just the feel of being pregnant the like I loved finally experiencing what I did every day like for right, other people, right. it was so nice to experience it from a completely different point of view
0: do you think that's helped your like you as a, a midwife do you feel like you understand it on another level now because yeah. you've experienced it yourself oh yeah. and
1: vice versa do you feel like you understood pregnancy because you were a midwife as well I definitely
3: I think there was good points and bad points about being a midwife while you're pregnant because you know a lot more which was good to kind of pinpoint if you were worried about anything but also it makes you worry a bit too much
1: yeah like, oh
3: that could be a symptom of that or that could be a symptom of that and then you kind of get a bit stressed about it but overall it was probably nice yeah to be a midwife when i was in labor that all went out the window because <laughs> it, you're just in pain and it just
1: <laughs> you had I mean, a really quick labor as well didn't yeah.
3: you yeah it was very quick a bit too quick i think it shocked me <laughs> so what happened
0: with what happened with your waters when did your waters? my
3: break? waters broke as i was fully dilated right so right at the end
2: oh my god okay
3: what were we saying the other side of it yeah I didn't think I was missing out not being a mother whilst being a midwife but I think I was now I understand more kind of certain points of the labor when people were trying to like encourage me to do things and I was just in so much pain going no I can't do that but I was encouraging people to do those exact things before and being like come on you can do it but now I know how hard that is to do
1: yeah when you're in that situation this probably sounds like a stupid question but even though you're a midwife, do you get your own midwife as well when you're pregnant? Yeah, yeah. and I knew mine, which is nice because
3: obviously I delivered where yeah. I worked.
1: Because I was, I was thinking. So you were
0: in lockdown when you had Piper, mm-hmm. and you obviously couldn't have someone in the delivery room with you. Am I right one in thinking person. that well, you could have one person? Okay, one person, but yeah. you also knew your midwife, the person who with midwife, you.
3: Yeah, she just happened to be one of my really close friends and was on shift.
0: Oh my god, that's amazing.
3: So she was my midwife. She was in theatre at the time and she had to be swapped with someone else so that I could
0: have her. Oh that's amazing. <laughs> that been so amazing yeah, to share that so moment nice. with your friend.
3: It was just so like reassuring, probably quite stressful for her because she had quite a lot of responsibility being with a friend. But yeah, it was lovely.
1: Oh, I'm so pleased that you had like a even though it was too quick for you, maybe, but a quick and yeah, everyone positive was like, experience. so
3: lucky. And I was like, Yeah, but it's all the really it's the whole labour just crammed into a really short period of yeah. time. <laughs> I'll take that over your 24 hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what expectations did you have before motherhood? Like, did you have any going into it?
3: Mum's been a child
1: for like 20
3: years. So mm. I kind of, I thought I had a very good expectation of what it was like being a mum. But I don't think you can ever know what it's going to be mm. like fully until you do it because you know it's going to be full on you know it's going to be hard but it is way harder but amazing like it's just constant like every second of every day you have to put yourself second
1: mm-hmm. and that's
3: fine because you understand like you would, obviously would happily do that for your child but it's not having that any independence anymore I think yeah it's I struggle with most now is you don't get any free time unless you arrange childcare or nursery or something else.
1: I do think it's so interesting listening to you speak about motherhood and Jess speak about motherhood and our other friends talking about motherhood. Most people that I ever hear, it always sounds like the seesaw effect. It sounds like this is really hard, but it's outweighed by this. Then Mm. this is such a struggle, but then this happened. It it sounds so conflicting, but in a great (laughs) crazy exhausting wonderful way it is exactly
0: it's a bit like what you were saying Meg about um being a a midwife and how you said all the good things outweigh the bad things but I think that's how I feel about motherhood don't get me wrong there are days where I'm just like get me out of here (laughs) But, (laughs) but it's just like then they'll say something really cute or like do some something that um seem might seem really simple to someone else and you're just so proud of like the smallest things and and then you're suddenly yeah you're just overwhelmed with this feeling of love it's just incredible isn't it
1: yeah it is how have you found motherhood since returning back to work at first it was quite hard
3: because obviously I've been in lockdown for like her entire life pretty much coming out of it when you can but at first I was like oh I don't want to leave her for like such long periods of time as well doing such long shifts but then it it was nice to see actually other adults because it felt like almost a bit social to go to work. <laughs> but then since then, it's actually quite nice to have that time away and not be mum for a little bit of time and use my brain for something else and then come back. And I almost feel like I appreciate the days with her now a lot more. You get less of the days where you're like, ah, driving yeah. you know me mean, insane because you appreciate them more because you've then not been with her for like. A day or so, it balances out nicely. I think
0: I completely agree with you. Are you part time or are you full time?
3: Part time at the moment.
0: At the moment, are you looking to go back full time, or are you quite um, happy? I think moment?
3: after the summer, I will. My sister's just gone on adoption leave, so we're going to have a a nice summer. Um, we oh. still keeping part time, and then probably go back full time, kind of at September time, potentially when Piper starts nursery. Right. Okay. How are you feeling about that? Um apprehensive because no one has ever looked after Piper apart from me and my mum and my sister
1: okay Mm -hmm. so
3: it'll be interesting to see how she is with that but also I think she'll love it I think she'll love being around loads of kids it'll be good for her to like almost be disciplined by someone a little bit different and eat different food and play with different children um, so I think it will be good for her on a social aspect. Mm. She'll be nervous at first, but I think she'll love
0: it. How do you feel about trusting other people with your kid? <laughs> because that's something I I struggle with.
3: It doesn't sit well, but it's something that has to happen eventually.
0: Because I was going to say, with your mum being a childminder, it's kind of like, well, if it's someone who's is caring and cares for kids like your mum did with other children does that kind of fill you with a bit more hope like there's people like that yeah, out there
3: definitely yeah knowing lots of people like my mum and my mum's friends that she's known through childcare stuff they've picked that job for a reason I think they love yeah,
0: Hope.
2: Yeah. They've,
3: they've, they have to do so many like qualifications these days to mm-hmm. actually do that kind of work you hear horror stories so it it isn't nice but eventually they'll go to school and it will be the same kind of anxiety as it goes on it will be obviously something to worry about as a mom
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah are you quite I get the impression you're quite a laid-back person and I feel like when I see things with you and Piper I feel like you're really you're you you you're really chilled but like I mean you say now about your anxieties and stuff around motherhood like were you an anxious person before do you think being a mum has sort of brought that um, I
3: think I was probably an anxious person before, but never really put a label on it. If that makes sense, like, yeah, never like got so bad that I needed to like seek help or thought I needed any extra like kind of input for it. But being a mum has definitely exacerbated it. Just mm-hmm. even like leaving the house, like you have to leave a house by a certain time, but you have to do so many extra things to prepare, and then if I'm running late, I just get so stressed and flustered yeah. even though if even if i'm going somewhere that doesn't even matter if i'm late it will still mm-hmm. kind of make me a bit oh. i think every mother has a bit of anxiety and it is quite comforting when other people have similar struggles all you see on social media is the good stuff mm-hmm. and then when you actually
1: talk to people and you're like
3: oh okay yeah i i struggle with that too and yeah it's reassuring
1: i'm not yeah. even a mother but like i love when People post online. I, obviously, I love when people post their highlights. It's great. You want to see happy stuff, but I think it's so great when people are open and share mm. the lows. Share the like. This is the reality of being a mother. I yeah. think it's. I think it's so great because you know that you're probably helping someone else. The amount yeah. of posts that I've just shared mm-hmm. to Jess that I thought she might just like or relate <laughs> to, just out of mm. you know chance, it comes up on my feed. I think it's it's great that people Definitely. are able to see <laughs> that online. That
3: few years. It's kind of exploded as well as such a good thing, mm-hmm. especially on like online. I think through COVID, because everyone didn't really have much to do. So it was all like everyone was on their laptops all the time. I think social media has just exploded with people showing their like mental health and everything like that has just opened up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's good, I think.
1: I think so, too. I hope it stays that way as well. I hope it's not like in the nicest way possible and great to all the women who do have the easy life the the instagram looking life but sometimes mm. I look at it and I'm like I don't know if I believe you yeah <laughs> like, no, I gotta, you've, you've got to have some bad days surely yeah yeah I think I think so
3: you know what you want to show and
1: yeah absolutely Well, that's the
0: thing like if your kid's having a tantrum you're not going to get your phone out and film yeah, it, exactly. it are you like there's <laughs> there's certain things obviously if it's a lovely moment where you're pumpkin picking like we did yeah you know that's when you get your phone out and those are the lovely memories that you want to remember and you want to share but the difficult times I guess it's just you have to be in that moment you have to switch off from everything else and you have to give that attention to your kid isn't it but then it would be nice for someone to maybe just talk about it on their on their Instagram without any pictures or anything like that but just being like do you know what today's been tough it's not all like rainbows and Everything. can you
1: imagine how strange that would be like you suddenly see oh Jess is going live and you click on the live and it's me having <laughs> a complete breakdown and it's just you trying to like, discipline her or something I think,
0: I think it's unethical like personally like I just feel like poor Mila like imagine her being all over Instagram like have you know in, in a really difficult moment for her yeah. I think that's probably part of it as well Yeah. Um, so Meg what advice do you have for first-time parents but also maybe single parents as well
3: I would say make sure you've got a good like support network around you whether that's yeah. people with kids without kids anyone that you feel like you can talk to spend time with just to make the bad days easier materialistic things just be prepared but I don't think you'll ever be fully prepared until you're in that you'll you'll only know what's essential when you're kind of mm. in the throes of it accept help if someone offers it there's no yeah. shame in needing help. Everyone needs a day off. I think that's such a great piece of
1: advice. I think that applies to everyone <laughs> really hard. Yeah. That.
3: <laughs> if someone wants to cook you a meal, if someone wants to take the baby for a walk, even, although it's hard to detach yourself when they're little, uh, even just having a cup of coffee by yourself for half an hour can just turn that day around. Yeah. I know when I'm having a bad day and it ends up being Piper's nap time, I'm like, yes. Just an hour to myself. I can just watch a bit of TV, switch off, and then you kind of... It's just a reset. Sometimes you need a reset. But, yeah, don't put pressure on yourself to be any kind of perfect parent. As long as you love them and you give everything you can to them they'll be fine yeah I totally
0: agree I think like throwing out those expectations that you have before like oh they're never gonna watch tv like we're always they're gonna have these amazing like Montessori activities like all day (laughs) long it's like that's just not gonna happen is it it's literally like survival as
3: long as they're fed and they're clothed and they're clean that's all that matters
2: (laughs) yeah exactly what does it mean
3: Um, to be a mother to you I think in one sentence I would say it's the hardest job that I love the most oh oh I love that so much it's yeah so difficult but I wouldn't exchange it for anything
1: I feel like that probably answers our final question which is what makes (laughs) up your circle I'm assuming it's motherhood (laughs) yeah so we are now joined by our friend Chloe, who was actually our first uh, recurring guest as we had her on season one when she was pregnant. Yes. She has since uh, then given birth and has a beautiful baby girl called Rosie. Um, welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back to our circle, Chloe. Hello. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me so I kind of wanted to use this as kind of an excuse to not interrogate my best friends but just talk about motherhood because these are my two friends who are both mamas and I thought let's actually talk about the motherhood side of things the actual side of parenting and everything mm. so first of all um how are you how, how are you feeling?
2: I'm good. I'm currently completely exhausted. Yeah.
1: No, no, I'm good. Yeah, honestly, we need it. We
2: need it. (laughs) It's a roller coaster, but it's a wonderful roller coaster, and it's one of those ones that you never want to get off. So, although it's difficult, and I would say it's tough at times, it's definitely something that I just absolutely adore.
0: Chloe, were your expectations prior to having Rosie? Do they match the reality of it? No, probably
2: not. I. it's difficult because I knew it was going to be hard and you've got everyone saying you're like it's really hard it's really tough but you don't quite realize what kind of difficulties Mm. you're going to have until you're in it Mm. um and I thought it was just going to be things like sleepless nights sleep deprivation yes that is horrible at times but there's other things that you leave yourselves questioning am I doing the right thing is this the right am I on the right lines with what I'm sort of helping her with am I not um is she tired is she hungry is she in pain and I think it I underestimated how hard it would be I totally
1: I would admit that completely wholeheartedly do you feel that way do you feel the same way
0: I do I I already knew before having Mila that I was someone who struggles with lack of sleep mm. so I knew that if I didn't get enough sleep which was very likely after having a baby um, that my mental health was very likely to decline so that was something mm. I was nervous about but Yeah, I think completely in line with what Chloe said. Like you just you know it's gonna be hard, but you just don't know how hard until you're in it. It's just relentless because Mm. you don't you don't get a day off. Like it's there's also not everyone is fortunate enough to be in a position where they have a lot of help around them. Yeah. At any like any given time. And so there might be a day where you're really struggling and someone can't help you, or you might be feeling what I've noticed recently is feeling ill. Like I was ill and I didn't have any child support. And I was like, This is the hardest thing in the world because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> I can't yeah. I can't look after myself, but I have to look after a little human as well so it's yeah. just it is a lot yeah
2: I feel like as well like I save up my emotions for either when she's having a nap or like when she's in bed because you don't want to show them that you're stressing or like you're fed up or you're cross or whatever because mm-hmm. that's not fair on them like it's not their fault so I end up sort of like bottling it all up until the evening and I'm just like oh, I'm so tired or I'm so upset or I mean other. I think
0: that's incredible that you've got you're able to do that because <laughs> I tell you what like I don't that what have it. that I don't have that self-restraint sometimes and and I think I, can, I can, I'm hard on myself sometimes for that as well but then you have to remind remind yourself that you're just human absolutely and I think maybe as our girls get older as well like maybe it's not the worst thing in the world for them to see some
2: I was gonna say maybe actually emotion. them seeing you upset shows that it's okay for them to be upset and then you get over it they yeah. can get over it so maybe yeah maybe
0: I should Think about that as well. <laughs> have, have, have the meltdowns in front of Rosie—that's just completely the right with thing to
1: pleasure. do. <laughs> so much easier. So you've, you've always been a very anxious person, just like Jess and I. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your anxiety is almost channeled in a different way, or is it heightened more? Like, how do you feel that? You mm, are in that it's, sense, it's definitely heightened. And there's right. things where I just
2: think, "No, I'm sure of myself. I'm sure of what I'm doing. I'm absolutely like on the ball with it." But I'm, you guys know, I'm absolute. I'm someone who hates change, um, and like I have to be controlled. Like I love routine and things like that. And mm. obviously, having a baby is completely throws
1: routine out the window. Which is funny, um, isn't it? Because they usually say like babies need routine, mm. and yet there isn't really that they much don't stick to it. Yeah.
2: yeah, like they have their own agenda, unfortunately. So. <laughs> I wish they did. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I found it quite difficult um, struggling with the lack of routine. And like, as much as you try and stick to one, like I was saying, like, it's difficult. And you've just got to learn to just go, okay, that didn't work. Just relax, let go. Mm. Don't worry about it. Mm. Um, that's hard. I think, I think that's, that's hard for a lot of mm, people. But that's hard for you. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's something I've really had to work on. And I'm still working on. Mm. Um, and that's, I think, the thing that's sort of got to me the most an- anxiety-wise is that But even when I think I was with you the other day, really, and she didn't, Rosie didn't nap, and I was really stressing, and she had like a 10 minute nap. And for me, that's like, oh, but it was fine. She was fine. So I didn't need to stress, did I really?
0: (laughs) No, but I completely get that because when Mila was younger and she did nap, it was like anything that happened around that time of day, even if the nap was a bit later, I was like, oh my gosh, the repercussions for the end of the day. And the reason that I would react that way is because. The end of the day for me was so sacred. It was Absolutely. like, that is my time. And mm. if anything happens that's going to sabotage that time that mm. I'll get to myself, like I'll pull my hair out. I was yeah. like, no, that's precious. Those couple of hours. And, you know, people always say, you've got a baby, like you you must be exhausted, go to bed early. But I completely understand why mums might go to bed late because mm. that time, it's yourself. You don't get so- that throughout yeah. the day so it's just so precious
2: it's so good mm. to hear you say. It. it's so refreshing to sort of like solidify what I'm thinking as well like you say like if this nap's going to be slightly longer it means that you're going to end up going to bed later but that's my time you're eating into my time and then like mm. you say staying up late I've got I want to relax I want to do the washing I want to do the admin I want to do this that and the other but before even going to bed and I feel like you're trying yeah. to get a day's work in in the evening as well as trying to relax
0: yeah so, it's really tough, tough.
1: <laughs> this question goes for both of you really what do you feel you are unprepared for in motherhood because I feel like there's well, I, the thing is, I feel like in some ways you're unprepared for a lot of things, but I feel like mentally, in some ways, you are prepared for things. Like you said, you get warned about so much, so you're semi prepared. Mm. What do you feel like you were completely unprepared for? Like something that you just weren't expecting? I mean, Chloe, I know you've had your fair share of feeling unprepared because of some of the things that Rosie's gone through mm. medically.
2: Mm, mm. Mm. That's a hard one. I feel like I was unprepared for it. <laughs> No I mean I did antenatal classes so I think that gives you the bare bones doesn't it but it really doesn't teach you how sort of be a mum really and that's just I think Mm. the trial and error and going through it day Mm. by day is is, I think in itself what I wasn't prepared for. I think as well maybe the amount of headspace she takes up like I thought that I'd be able to be a mum but also a wife all at once all the time but that's mm. I don't feel like I could do that at all mm. and I find myself like apologizing to Martin I'm like oh my god I feel like I've barely spoken to you today and like we're in the same house <laughs> and it's so strange and then you think oh my gosh like, mm. I need to put the effort in there but then I can't because my head's already in just Rosie it's it's just that balance is so hard and even after seven months I'm still trying to work it
0: out <laughs> that is so true I think it's like a juggling act mm. and I've definitely read some things online which have helped me sort of mum accounts where they say that sometimes you just got to drop some balls you can't juggle everything all at once and expect to be amazing at everything Mm. all at once as well I'm definitely someone who has very high expectations for myself So I'm the same as you if I've not like made a perfect meal for the moment where Joe's walked through the door and Mila's been asleep and you know yeah I'm looking great, you know, at the yeah, end of the yeah, day, yeah. literally, I, I was saying to Joe <laughs> the other day, I felt so bad because every time he walks through the door, I'm there with like my fleece on, like my hair up, like in a greasy (laughs) bun, no makeup. I've taken all my makeup off by that point in the day. I'm in my pajamas. He sees me at my worst every single day. (laughs) 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 Romance goes out the window.
2: (laughs) I completely agree. I'm completely agree. Like I was someone who goes right. Even when I have Rosie, I'm still gonna make an effort with my my makeup. I'm still gonna make an effort with my hair. I'm still gonna make time for Martin. And now I'm like. Oh, I don't need the makeup no
0: it's fine my we We'll just do my hair can't bother with anything <laughs> else
2: um I, I
0: totally agree they get the worst of us don't they so on that same note like did you have any expectations for your relationship changing and like what what does that compare to now I don't know I think I obviously thought that it would be a lot
2: more rosy 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 and not um so much like going out and things because Martin and I'm are some are people who love to sort of go out in the evenings going for go to the pub for a drink all that sort of thing Mm -hmm. I've not missed that really at all like and I thought that sort of the day ending at six o'clock when they go to bed was going to be really difficult but again I've not missed that at all I think the quality time where we're both so exhausted that we don't actually we sit on the sofa looking at our phones or just downtime kind of thing and and you want peace don't you so the quality time is what I've missed the most I think but then the time that you have together you're just like I'm too tired to do anything (laughs) yeah I think that's what I found the hardest
0: but you are you both in the same boat about that though like Mm, is Martin feeling the same (laughs) it's very happy to switch off (laughs) yeah yeah totally
2: I think there's times where he'd like probably like a hug or something and I'm like mm um I just need some me time like
0: I'm touched yeah, out kind of thing. touched out. hundred yeah. percent that's something really actually I feel like people don't talk about enough mm. is that was something I felt really almost like guilty for mm, after having Mila was that that kind of like whoa I'm not able to keep up this like fun yeah sexy kind of part of the relationship all the time and yeah I, I felt like I didn't want to be touched I was yeah. like I'm yeah. very happy to sit on my own on the sofa because I've been holding a baby all day yeah, like exactly. I've had a, my fair share of affection and that's enough it makes you, know? you
2: feel guilty doesn't it
0: literally just before they were born you were this other kind of
2: like like you said wanting to have hugs and things like that it makes you feel guilty that you're not sort of
1: wanting to do that at the time but I, I guess mean.
2: It just comes with time, I imagine. I'm just hoping.
1: Well, I think also Jess breastfed, and and you're currently mm. breastfeeding Chloe. And I think that um, obviously feeding a baby, however you you feed your baby, obviously takes time and energy. But your body is literally being the life source to your child. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, gals who are listening, you know, boobs can be a fun thing when you're in a relationship. But I think during breastfeeding, post labour and everything it's not um the first thing to snap to your mind like oh please touch me here it's like I've had a baby sucking on (laughs) these all day (laughs) yeah
0: they feel functional it's um it's a really really strange one that I really had to get my head around I was like whoa okay oh my god I'm a completely different person now I completely agree with you completely agree Mm
1: you know what's really weird for me but like being the friend seeing you both as mothers I'd actually Chloe I'm not quite sure yet maybe, maybe later, but with Jess I felt like Jess changed but I I don't know how to explain it she I remember when she um wait where were we we were Jess was living with joe's parents when mila mm. was born and after we'd visited her in the hospital we went around to their house maybe a couple of days later maybe a week later or something and she had been out with her dad or something so we actually got there before her mm. and when she arrived it was like she was in mum mode and i was like who the hell is this like it was so <laughs> weird to me like because i was like i've never seen her as a mum yeah it was yeah really yeah bizarre like moment for me to see my best friend suddenly she's now a mum and not that I wasn't seeing her as Jess mm. but it was a new version it was like an upgrade I guess or something I was just yeah like, <laughs> and it was the fact that she had only been a mother for maybe a week and instantly it, it wasn't just like hey guys let me just um do something that I've always done before it's like hey girls give me a sec and she's like you know putting Mila down Whoa. changing and I'm like when is she going to do that <laughs> like when is she doing this and I think with um, for for Chloe I I I don't know I, maybe I've already expected that from Jess so it's not been as much of a shock True, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god it was such a big shock to my system watching Jess become a mum
0: and I think See, I don't it didn't come naturally I didn't feel like it came so automatically naturally to me so hearing you say that feels like you're talking about someone else
1: like I felt like I was
0: fumbling around like at the beginning <laughs> oh god, kind of like what am I doing look
1: like it. and even my mum like would say says that about you just she's always like Jess took to motherhood like a duck to water and I'm like oh, yeah she really that's did
2: so nice. that's so lovely I
1: know you so had nice. your struggles I, I, as does everyone I'm sure but honestly from the outside looking in it was like holy hell like she's a mom <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think it's the control freak in me <laughs> it is, it
1: is, it's funny seeing your friends become mothers because you're just sort of like oh wow it's it's just different and and um not that you were you were never a bad person or a bad friend before but I've said this before like I think that you becoming a mother you've become even more of like oh. a better friend and because and you're so like attentive with your time like with, with mm. the kinds stuff you're way more like present or I don't know and and, and I, I don't know I just think that motherhood's it suits you very much and I think it suits you too Chloe obviously it's it's still fresh for you and in my opinion I feel like Rosie's I'm still learning yeah <laughs> I'm but still learning amazing watching you both become mothers and your own type of mother as well because you're still your own person so yeah Chloe I wanted to say as well because
0: you um we touched upon very briefly earlier that you've had like uh, I hope you don't mind us saying mm. like, Rosie's had some slight medical issues mm. and what I've loved hearing through Re is just how much you your motherly instinct was switched Aww. on and you were like something's not right here and you would push and push and push mm-hmm. like the doctors to be like no hang on no, I know my baby yeah yeah something's not right we need to figure out what it is and get yeah. to the bottom of it yeah do you feel like that instinct um came quite naturally to you and quite strong? Or is it kind of like in those moments where it really switched on?
2: I think it's grown because
0: it's really difficult because when you first become a mum,
2: you don't know what's well, you know what's right and wrong. But I feel like a lot of people have been through it more than you have, if that makes sense. So when a doctor says, um, no, it's nothing, you're like, oh, it must be nothing then because they've mm-hmm. seen more babies than you have. Right. I feel like the motherly instinct grew in me. And then everyone always says, trust your motherly instinct, don't they? Mm-hmm. And that's when I think I've gone, you know what, actually I do know my baby more than you do. And I think that came with her, me sort of getting to know her more, even after like a month or yeah. so what she likes, what she doesn't like, et yeah. Um. So I think it's definitely grown more and more um, to the point where now I can just say, no, there is something wrong. I know there's something wrong. Even if it's something she's going to grow out of why should she have to put up with it do you know what I mean yeah um so that is something that I'm quite feel feel quite strongly about definitely making sure that you trust your instincts
1: essentially Mm. definitely do you feel like this question goes for both of you that a byproduct of becoming a mother has been trusting your instincts I know Jess you've always trusted your instincts before motherhood actually because they've always been pretty spot on but I mean do you feel like it's been more so solidified to trust Mm. or have there been other skills maybe that you feel like you've gained from being a mother
0: i definitely feel like i've never second guessed myself as much Mm. but then also like you said chloe like in time the confidence has really built Mm. and i don't even think it's just in in things that are Mila related i I think in, in myself as well I don't know what it is I just think my perspective on life and what is kind of more important has changed quite a lot since having Mila and it's quite refreshing and one thing and I've probably mentioned it five billion times to read and I've probably mentioned it on the <laughs> podcast is boundaries yeah. that is something I wish someone had said to me pre having Mila Mm. was to be firm and to be clear about your boundaries, what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with. And just be confident with it, because that is what you need for your peace of mind, but also for your baby as well, because everyone always says it happy mum, happy baby. And it's true, like if you're feeling you're most confident and you're most happy, then that's going to rub off on your parenting and on your baby. Yeah. So I think in the early stages when I was feeling unhappy about something, I wish I spoke up earlier or was just a bit more confident in what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And just to be like, you know what, maybe I don't have all the answers as to why I'm feeling this way right now, but this is how I'm feeling and this is what I need Respect. from you to support me. And yeah, and just like you said just respect it you don't need to ask questions about it just accept the fact that I'm not happy how can we change that situation yeah. because I'm the new mum here navigating something really difficult so yeah. boundaries is huge yeah huge I totally agree totally agree I think for me it's been kind of the opposite in terms of
2: confidence like my confidence in myself as a person has dropped um having a baby I think because it's something I've not done before like with that, exams, you revise. You do right. you revise so much, and then you do the exam. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. with my job, I'm I'm used to being quite like a strong person in my job, and and knowing what I know, and knowing policies, and this, that, and the other, and saying yes, no, blah, blah, blah. blah that gave me confidence. But then being now in a job that essentially I don't know from day to day what's going to go right what's going wrong, and you're learning as you're doing, I actually feel more vulnerable now than I did before, mm-hmm. like, before I had Rosie, and I'm hoping, as I don't know, Jess, if you if you can help help with this one. I don't. I'm hoping that that will then just get more and more. Um, I'll get more confident with time, um, but it definitely hasn't given
0: me confidence straight away. Um, that's for sure. No, I can definitely vouch for for that. I think it grows in time. Yeah. Okay, cool. as with everything, you just get to know. You'll get to know Rosie better. Mm-hmm. with with every day that passes yeah be, and also eventually she'll be able to vocalize things to you
2: absolutely yeah
0: exactly <laughs> so you know one thing one thing that I've struggled with recently actually and this is going to sound really really silly but it's also connected to the change thing so I feel like weirdly enough I've been better with change since having Mila because I've had to surrender to it it's happening all the time <laughs> yes. There is I can't so do true. anything about That's it so true, yeah <laughs> yeah but Recently, Mila stopped liking Peppa Pig as much, oh, no, and she no likes way. Paw Patrol. And yeah. anyone who knows Mila is yeah. knows that she is obsessed with Peppa Pig. But this is not this is not the case anymore. She loves Paw Patrol. This mm-hmm. has actually upset me. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it's because like, I felt it, I've like invested so much money in all the old Peppa Pig <laughs> things, Mila. <laughs> that 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 for one, I've spent a lot of money on Peppa Pig things. <laughs> but also just I felt like that was part almost part of her, that I- was her identity thing. Yeah, and totally. like yeah and just like I, I felt like I knew her because we I knew everything about Peppa Pig as well yeah and now this like whole new wave yeah. is coming in I'm like okay wow and okay we're changing and I'm trying to like frantically learn about Paw Patrol <laughs> now so that I feel like I, we can talk and connect and play on that kind of level but um it's just constant change, isn't it? And constant adapting. And it's yeah. it's quite tiring, but mm-hmm. you do gain confidence with it. And Chloe, do you reckon like when you go back to work again, do you think that you'll get that confidence back? I think like, do so. you feel like you're almost like you'll feel controlled again in your yeah. sort of field of expertise. Yeah, and then, yeah. I think yeah. so. I think I think it'll take time
2: because it'll be the first time I've left. Her properly for like a long time, and it's obviously the first time she's gonna get to nursery and things like that. So, I think it will take a good couple of months for me to sort of feel confident again. Um, but I think although motherhood does define people, part of you I also feel like I don't want it to be the be all and end all. Does that make sense? Like, I want yeah. motherhood to be part of my life, not my whole life. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's something that's actually a little bit, um, I don't know, selfish, but. Um, I have my career as well, and I want that to be this, um, sort of parallel with motherhood. And I think that's something I'm just mm-hmm. going to learn. Um, and I might find, and I definitely agree with you, Jess, in that my values and things have changed since having Rosie. And my career is not the top of my head, and I don't think it ever will be now. But it's still important that I do return to that um, and get more yeah. Yeah, confident as I'm going through it.
0: Good for you I think that's so important to highlight you know even the fact you felt you had to say that's selfish like that's probably <laughs> that so you true. No, but it's probably you feeling like you have to say that line mm, mm, because mm. it's almost yeah. you can't do you can't say the right thing nowadays like exactly. someone's going to be offended either way yeah. at the fact that you don't you don't want to give up your entire life to be a mum
2: yeah
0: or yeah. you know the fact that you care and you know you're you're still giving up some of your life yeah, to be a mum yeah. like, someone's gonna be offended by it but I think it's amazing because like I mentioned before like you have to look after yourself mm. Mm. in order to be the best version of you and and essentially growing up you want to see Rosie see you loving yes. doing something absolutely outside of being yeah. a mum as well you yeah, know you'll be. be looking up to you and being like wow my mum's an amazing physio and that's so cool and you know (laughs) I think that's what helped me when I was starting back at work I was thinking you know Mila's not going to be small forever and yes it's going to be really hard at the beginning when we're separated but also one thing and again I always bring a psychological element to things (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) listeners um but I also read about and I remember studying about this at uni as well is attachment styles. Yeah. And if you've got a really secure attachment with your baby, when you are apart and you're used to being apart from each other, to see them build strong relationships with other people is actually a compliment to you and your relationship Mm. with you and your baby because that's their first relationship that they formed and that's their template going forward with other people so So, so yeah I love that and it made me feel really good because I was like at first I'm not gonna lie I was like oh gosh she's really you know she absolutely adores her grandparents like oh my god what she loves them more than me Mm. and (laughs) I know that sounds really crazy I was really aware of that but actually when I saw it in that way and I reframed it I was like so
2: nice isn't it
0: yeah actually I was like well yeah maybe I did do a really good job and it's all down to me
2: yeah (laughs) Ah. (laughs) take a bow
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so lovely that's such a nice way of looking at it I want to know from you both where the hell do you get your energy because I feel like I'm tired most days I don't have a child to even think about I don't know how you both do it go on (laughs) Chloe you're you're you (laughs) told us for a first thing that you're exhausted today where
0: have you summoned that I energy don't from? Get it.
2: I, I don't know how we do it I actually don't know because before if I did one thing in the day I'd be like oh, I'm exhausted I need a nap or whatever I don't know how we do it I think your body gets used to it and you get you learn to sort of get used to it but particularly with particularly the sleep deprivation right I don't know for, for me I think I get excited about the day with her and like and different activities. Right. Okay. So, although I'm potentially exhausted, I'm like, I'm so excited to see how she, look, she, it she like, looks in this so or how cute. does she behave in that or. It like overrides it. Her, yeah, like her lunch. What does she think of her lunch? Which is really short, isn't <laughs> it? It's just lunch. But then there are other days that I think I'm like, I, I just, I, I could just rather just lie on the play mat with you and you can just play and I'll just watch. <laughs> yeah. I think it's technically yeah.
0: things like going to the toilet.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I'll just sit here
0: for an extra five minutes. <laughs> I completely agree with you I just like (laughs) I I'm not gonna lie there are some days where I'm just like I really need some time to myself Mm. so I I will put the tv on Mm. and you can watch Paw Patrol for half an hour while I switch off because I really need it but it's definitely hard when they're younger and they're they don't have that attention span as well I think that's really hard but I love the fact that you're kind of drawing from all of the almost like the little wins and like the small things to get excited about because I think even down to like meals I I used to love that as well like introducing something new and just seeing their reaction to it I just yeah I think it's great to like focus on those small things and it's really hard to do sometimes I think but Mm -hmm. just to kind of stop and appreciate those little things probably helps not to like wish your wish the day away because I think it's really easy to do that as well to be like oh I can't wait till the evening and let's just get it out of the way but I say
2: so do mm. that all the time. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> I think you're both phenomenal mothers and I think it's a great day to celebrate you both. So happy Mother's Day to you both. Thank um you. I would like to thank both Chloe and Meg for joining this episode and this episode is dedicated to two charities organizations the first one being the Shooting Star Hospice which um, is a leading children's hospice charity which is for caring for babies and children and young people with life-limiting conditions and their families. Um, This is across all of Surrey and London um, and it's been something that's uh, it's not been in our lives in the sense of we've known people in there but we've grown up with a hospice right around the corner from where we uh, all grew up so we were very much aware of this hospice and it's quite embedded I think into when yeah. in our um, Definitely. so uh, that is shootingstar.org.uk um you can find them online at ssc hospices and the second one is sans.org Dot UK at Sands Charity. So Sands is the leading stillbirth and neonatal death charity in the UK. Um, another important organisation and charity to support, um, especially with the facts that Meg gave us uh, earlier in this episode. Um, so if you could please check those out, the links are in our description uh, across all of our streaming platforms and on YouTube. Um, and of course, we'll be putting this on our socials too. Can I
2: just say one more thing? yeah i feel like i've just spoken about how difficult motherhood is but for anyone actually listening it is the most amazing job it is incredible i i think because not enough people or not enough people talk about how the difficulties of motherhood yes i was just about to say talk about that it is the most incredible job it's the most rewarding job and just watching their little smile is just amazing (laughs) so
1: um i hope i haven't put anyone off (laughs) no but you know what you're being honest I think do you know what if someone's been put off then that's fine I mm. think that's absolutely fine and if you've encouraged okay. more people then great tell us about your circle babies <laughs> <laughs> thank you Love everyone that. for listening happy mother's day to all the mamas out there and thank you Chloe for joining us and thank we'll see you all mom. for our next episode <laughs> bye, bye.